So today's text is uh, text 29 of chapter 20, canto 11. Title of this chapter is Pure Devotional Service. Hmm. Guys, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naramcheva Narotamam Devin Sarasati Vyatsatata Jaya Mudiraya Nastra Paisru Abhadrisu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Otamas Loke Bhakti Bhavaitanaistik So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 20, Text 29. Proctena Bhakti Yogena Bhajato Malsakrin Mune Kamaridaya Nalshanti Sarve Mai Ridishtite Proctena Bhakti Yogena Bhajato Malsakrimune Kamari Jaya Nashanti Sarve Mai Ridhistite Proctena Bhakti Yogena Bajato Malsakrimune Kamaridhaya Shanti Zarve Mai Ridhistite Proctena Bhakti Yogena Bajato Masakrimune Kamaridhaya Shanti Zarve mai ridhistite. Can someone try?
Uh, ladies? Any more ladies? I want ladies to always be the men, so at least one more. <laughs> at least one more. <laughs> so thank you. So word for word translation, and then the translation and purport by the followers of Sri Prabhupada. Proctena, which has been described. Bhakti Yogena, by devotional service. Bajataha, who is worshipping? Ma, me. Asakrit, constantly. Mune, of the sage. Kamaha, material desires. Riddhaya, in the heart. Nashanti, Nashati, Nashanti are destroyed. Sarve, all of them. Mai, in me. Ready, when the heart. Stute is family situated. Translation, when an intelligent person engages constantly in worshipping me through the loving devotional service as described by me, his heart becomes family, family situated in me. Thus all material desires within the heart are destroyed. Please kindly respond and repeat. When an intelligent person engages constantly in worshiping me through loving devotional service as described by me, his heart becomes firmly situated in me. Does all material desires within the heart 
are destroyed. So let's listen to the purport. The material senses are engaged in gratifying the concoctions of the mind, causing many types of material desires to become prominent, one after another. One who constantly engages in the devotional service of the Lord by hearing and chanting the Lord's transcendental glories with firm faith gets relieved from the harassment of material desires. By serving the Lord, one becomes strengthened in the, conviction, in the conviction that Sri Krishna is the only actual enjoyer and all others are meant to share the Lord's pleasure through devotional service. A devotee of the Lord sits with Sri Krishna on a beautiful throne within his heart and there offers the Lord constant service. Just as the rising sun gradually eliminates all trace of darkness, the Lord's presence within the heart causes all material desires there to weaken and eventually disappear. The words, my city, when the heart is situated in me, indicates that an advanced devotee sees Lord Krishna not only within his own heart, but within the hearts of all living creatures. Thus, a devotee who chants and hears the glories of Sri Krishna should not be discouraged by the remnants of material desires within the heart. He should faithfully wait for the devotional process to naturally purify the heart of all contamination. Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadarara Sipasada Sri Gaurav Bhaktivinoda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Praktena Bhakti Yogena Bhajato Masakrimune Kumaridhaya Najanti Sarvimai Ridhistite when an intelligent person engages constantly in worshiping me through loving devotional services described by me, his heart becomes firmly situated in me. Thus, all material desires within the heart are destroyed. So, this is uh, a, a, this, this is a descriptive, qualitative study. Because <clears throat> In a very pop, I mean, a very statement, Lord Krishna is saying, as described by me. So it's not an, it's not something exploratory. It's just a descriptive, qualitative, uh, a subject matter. 
And so descriptions are basically done by someone, someone who is an adept in the field, someone who knows uh, <clears throat> all nooks and crannies of that subject matter. So Lord Krishna, who best knows the concept and implications of devotional service to him, is himself. We know ourselves better than anyone else. And so, here it is mentioned about how the heart could be purified. Why should the heart become, what's the need for the heart to be purified? Because the heart is being dusty. It's like a mirror. The mirror of the heart is being dusty. And if a mirror is dusty, you, it becomes not very useful because the purpose of a mirror is to have a reflection, to see yourself for your dressing purposes. So if the mirror is dusty, we need to clean it. Wipe it with some napkin or something. So the process of devotional service is like a napkin that dusts the dust off, cleanses the mirror of the uh, of, uh, of the uh, of the heart. And the, when the mirror of the heart becomes cleansed, then the purpose of that mirror of the purpose becomes very you know very clear. Considering that when the mirror of the heart is clean, we can see things clearly. In other words, when the mirror of the heart is clean, it means all, devo- all devo- um, material desires become vanquished. We are haunted by so many material desires. You know, when the, when the, when the hunter goes into the forest, he carries his gun or bow and arrow, and then he hunts for animals. He looks for praise. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a deliberate process of trying to prey on an animal, to kill it. I think one of these hunters in, in the... Um, in the narrations of the Bhagavatam, he will kill, uh, he will just have killed the animal. He will not really kill the animal. <laughs> you have, have, have a life, have dead. You can, you're really incapacitated, but you know, you're still breathing. <laughs> so that's our situation, you know. <laughs> and like someone in coma, he's still breathing. But, you know, so much money has to be spent in, you know, trying to see whether he could be, recoup- I mean, he could be resuscitated. And so sometimes people really, they don't like that type of life, so they sign in their will. When I go to coma, no resuscitation. <laughs> let, me, let me just quit immediately. <laughs> Why waste your money? Why waste my time? <laughs> So, we think that life is so easy. But life is, life is not like, uh, you know, some, some, some gulab jamun on, you know, on a, 
on a silver plate. <laughs> life is tough, isn't it? People who do not know, they may not know, but life is tough. Because we have all of these unwanted things in our hearts. We want to get rid of them, but I mean, it's like we're constantly being haunted by those things. So, if you know something, if you know you're sick, and you want to get rid of that ailment, it becomes like it's delaying, the cure is being delayed. You get disturbed. Sometimes you get depressed. So, for someone who doesn't know that they're sick, that's all right. They can just move on until... I remember one devotee, I don't want to mention his name. <laughs> he wouldn't go, to med- he wouldn't go for a medical check, uh, checkup. So I asked him why. He said because if he goes for medical checkup, they may detect, diagnose him of something and he would just be in anxiety. So just, just, it's better to be like that. You know, until, you know, when, he, when you know, death comes, it's okay. So, the point is that when you do know that you have a disease, it could be very disturbing. <laughs> so, for people who do not know that they're being haunted by material desires, and that is like causing so much of distraction on the objective uh, criterion of their lives, that's all right. But if we do know, we have to do something practical to be able to get rid of that disease. And so, and one, thing, one, thing, one thing good, uh, especially with modern technological advancement, is that you know, they could detect, you know, the medical experts, they could detect what could cause you harm in five years' time. And you can deal with it right now. So here, the scriptures also like, I mean, they're like in position of medical, uh, medical experts who give us who give us advance notice about, <laughs> about what could happen if we don't deal with that situation. It's just like in the Gita, Lord Krishna mentions uh, that uh, that those who reject the scriptures, scriptures, I don't believe in God. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, good for you. <laughs> but the consequence of that action or that decision is that you are just suspending everything, all your suffering. I mean, it's like uh, what do you call ostrich, ostrich philosophy. Ostrich see some, you know, people around, some hunters around, and then, it, you know, dogs his head into the sand. He's not seen anything outside, so he says, I'm okay, I'm, I'm free. I'm free, no. So, a devotee is one who is not trying to be an ostrich. He's practical. He knows there are problems in this world, and he doesn't just reject the instructions or the good advice of guru, sadhu, and sastra. He wants to deal with it. And that's why we are here. We're here to be able to learn how to 
protect our future existence. And how do we do that? Through devotional service. See, the very first sentence here, I like this statement, uh, the way they craft this uh, sentence. The material senses are engaged in gratifying the concoctions of the mind. <laughs> the mind creates lots and lots of concoctions. And the, 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 the sensory modalities, their own obligation or their duty is to gratify the concoctions of the mind. They work so hard to gratify the concoctions of the mind. And so sometimes, you know, you hear people, they, they will say, I feel, I feel like, this is my feeling. <laughs> well, we are in trouble in this world. <laughs> So many misconceptions, so many misleading uh, concepts that have been put up, especially within with the WWW, uh, World Wide Web. Anyone has some concoction and puts up on the web, and you become an authority. You know, when I was active, actively using Facebook, I used to make some fun that, Hey, now everyone is entitled to give a conference, academic conference, by yourself. So come onto the web and talk all your nonsense, okay? <laughs> instead, of going, instead of going behind to criticize somebody, you can go to the web and just talk all your nonsense against the person. And in this way, people could become very offensive against each other. So, a bottom line, because what you say even on the web, it's a reflection of, you know, who you are. You want to know somebody's thoughts and ideas, go and check on their profile, um, uh, profile uh, photo. You will, you will figure out who this person is. <laughs> so, the mind is creating so many concoctions and the sensitive modalities are fully engaged in trying to gratify those concoctions. In this way, the condition soul becomes entangled. And then the result of that, according to Lord Krishna, is that we're not going to be happy. We're not going to attain the supreme destination. So, when we reject the scriptures, when we reject instructions of Guru Sadhana Sastra, we're not going to be happy. We work so hard, but then we get entangled here and there. We couldn't even become a judge in the United States. And then the next moment, we become so much paralyzed in our attempts to become happy. And we, we're, seeing this, we're seeing it right now. The good thing is that I like the laws of the U.S. The good thing is that if you do something as a, something as a teenager, you know, your, your camera can catch up with you. At some later time, later, later part of your life. <laughs> In developing countries, whatever you do is not. I mean, people don't come and talk. I mean, talk, especially when you want to attain a big position. No, they just let you go. But the good thing here is that no, you, you don't. You can eat the cake and have it. At some point in time, you pay the price. <laughs> either you have. 
Uh, you get some emotional distress or whatever. Or, you know, just your, your name is completely, you know, downtrodden. So who says there is no, but, you know, people say, I don't believe, I don't believe in karma. I don't believe, but we are seeing, just because of the terminology, okay, I don't use the word karma. Take it. Requital epistemology. Oh, and then I explain to you. Look, this guy, he did something when I was, a, I was a teenager. He was going to become a justice. And now, you know, the effect of that comes onto him. What is that? It's requital. You say you don't believe in karma. Okay, this is my explanation. Oh, this is very good. So, bottom line is that we are hard to accept what is even the best for our future. But by reviving our consciousness through loving devotional service, one of the statements that I mentioned here is that a devotee should not be somebody who is just about their selfish happiness. Because if we are seeing the Lord in each and everyone's heart, then basically we are interconnected. And that compassion, that love and care that we will give to our closest, uh, our closest person should also be extended to the people around. Because the Lord is situated in each and every one's heart. And if we're seeing that, that is a very classical realization. We will not try to do anything to harm somebody. So, bottom line is that devotional service is so powerful you describe that it's like a forest fire that burns, burns anything that comes in contact with it. And therefore, we have been advised to always glorify the Lord. We should utilize our time in glorifying the Lord. We should make a schedule that we'll find time to glorify the Lord. Because this is the means of purification. Coming to the Bhagavatam in itself, what do we gain? It purifies our hearts. Nasta prayesu abadresu. That's one of the verses we recite each time we want to give Bhagavatam. So the same statement, a similar statement here, that our material desires could be destroyed or will be destroyed if we engage in devotional service. And we see it practically. We have, when we come to devotional service, initial stage, we have so many unwanted things but as we engage in devotional service, gradually we see that the things we relish some years ago, we become disinterested in those things. No one forces us. We just become disinterested. It's because of the purity that has taken place. I mean, it's like when, so, when someone is a toddler, they play with toys. Yeah, a grown-up person, you don't play, you don't have time to play with toys. 
You've transcended that level. So, if you see a grown-up person still playing with toys, then you, you wonder, he has to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> and so, it is important. Our devotional process is so practical. If we engage in devotional service, we're chanting 16 rounds every day. Devotion to service has to do with chanting. And sometimes we get so much engaged and we think we, we, think we, don't, have, we don't have time for japa. Okay, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I've seen so many people who claim that they have, they're super engaged and they don't have time for japa. I don't see them again. I don't see them again. So, yeah, we have to know that there are simple tricks, simple things that we can't, we can't do away with. And so, the devotional process means that it helps to illuminate our hearts, our darkened hearts, just like the sun illuminates darkness. When the sun it's up. We don't see darkness anymore. I mean, that's why we have day and night. So Lord Krishna is in our heart. And it is advised in the purport that we should worship that Lord Krishna in our heart. But in Kali Yoga, the worship of that Lord Krishna in our heart is by chanting his, his glories, chanting his holy names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This is, this is the medicine we have to take every day. This is the medication. A number of people in, my, in America, they have to take different type of medications every day. This medication has no side effect. Has no negative side effect. It has side effects, but even the side effects are good ones. So, yeah, we should take advantage to be able to firmly situate Lord Krishna in our hearts, worship him by chanting his holy names. And in that way, we will be creating an opportunity uh, for us to become emancipated from the charcoals of material desires. There's nothing wrong in material desires. Don't quote me wrong. <laughs> if you channel those desires in the service of the Lord, good. Proper had a desire to be, have big, big temples for Lord Krishna. But because that desire channel in the service of the Lord is no longer material. So all of our material desires, which you really like, you know, reach. We should divert those desires in the service of the Lord. Or we should dovetail those desires in the service of the Lord. That's proper, I would say. Because the mind will constantly create something. So instead of trying to deny that, we could just channel that, dovetail that, 
in Krishna's service. Are there some comments, some questions on this point? Desires, material desires. Sometimes, you know, people just try to, people hate themselves because they say, oh, I have so many material desires. I say, what's wrong with the material desires? What's wrong in having material desires? No problem. Doctor them in the service of the Lord. I become purified. Oh, yes? Any comments or questions? Yes? Hare Krishna. Thank you for the class, Maharaj. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned um, that tendency to not get all your rounds done because we get busy. So, if you could speak a little to how we can really not fall into that habit. Mm. Yeah. It's a good point. Uh, one, one thing to do not to fall into the habit is that we have to have a proper schedule. We should have a schedule. And second, when we have a schedule, we should be very effective in managing our time. Very effective imagine our 24 hours. Because I've seen a number of cases that, especially, I have people that I monitor, grown up people, lawyers, and all these things. And I call them up, hey, how you turn it around? I remember, <laughs> I know one of my mentees, she's a lawyer, so, <laughs> and she chants so many rounds. She worked for like 16 hours, but then she chants so many rounds. So then I asked, I remember last time I was speaking with her, I asked that, did, did you, you were sick, so did you, did you turn her around? She said, I shouldn't ask her that, that because I should know that. Nothing like falling short of chanting. <laughs> because she's very effective in managing her 24 hours. Imagine, here, imagine in New York, a busy New York, and you're a beautiful professional, and you're, you're, you're moving around, and even in the subway, you don't have time to talk, you don't have time for anything, you're by the corner chanting. <laughs> so sometimes we, 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 feel, we feel shy to chant, but if you're feeling shy to chant, get a clicker when you're, going, when you're out. Just get the mind always engaged. Thirteen is have stretched goals. Stretched goals means that instead of going on the average, because one day you get sick, or one day there's some problem in the mind, or you have some trouble with somebody, and then the mind becomes very disturbed. So when you have stretched goals, you go higher than the average. When you have stretched goals like that, then, <clears throat> when, the mind is when the mind gets the stop, you fall down. But you fall down to 16 rounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, these are little tricks. Effective time management, make a schedule, have stretch goals. Because if you, you see, the mind is so whimsical. Once you set a standard, the mind, went to, the mind wants to cruise along with that. So the day that you are 
not feeling so well or there's so much of trouble around or you got so much of trouble in the office or whatever at home. The mind is disturbed. You're not able to focus properly. You're not able to chant your hands. So you fall down to 16. <laughs> in that way, there will be no, not much of anxiety. So yeah, that's a, a nice point that Matthew you raised and uh, we should guide against that with these three principles can really help us. You know. Any other comments or questions? Because the time is already up. Are you going to ask a question? Yes. Oh, okay. My question is, uh, like, what level of devotional service we do or engage which clean the dust from or, like, kind of clean our heart, more purified? Okay. For, we all engage in service, but how service should be very pure in consistency or, like, in quality, which clean our like devotees' heart and make person more pure. Joe, that's a dense point. See, yeah, uh, the question is, yeah, we engage in services, but how should we do a service so as to enhance expedited purity? Yeah. Now, we, we should know who we are doing the devotional service for. We're doing it for Lord Krishna. You're not doing it for the temple president. Now, if you're doing the devotional service and you're thinking... I'm doing it for this lady. Why is she worrying me? <laughs> we are doing it. We are doing it grudgingly. We are doing it. You can do the devotional service out of duty, but you can also do it out of love. Now, when you do devotional service out of love, because here it is mentioned. When an intelligent person engages constantly, regularly, constantly, it's not that you do it, you do the devotional service today, you do your service today, you do your japa today, and tomorrow you go and break. He said, I'm very sick. I can't do this again. Today, I need a break. I remember when when we are with Bhakti Chaitanya Swami in, in Africa, if even you are sick, you have to come to Mangarati. You're sick? Because himself, if, he's, if even he's sick, he, he comes. So, <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're trained like, you know, military, military guys. <laughs> I remember one time, one time, somebody, he asked for somebody after Mangarati, he was making some announcement and then he checked in the hall and he asked, what about this person? And so one devotee said, who is sick? He said, no, no, bring him here. It's better, better for him to die, die before the deities. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, he asked a nice question, but then, when we are in trouble, it doesn't mean that we should not do some service. I'll give you an example myself. I had a terrible accident. The accident that led to this, all of this, my problem now. 
I had a terrible accident that led to bladder rupture, pelvic fracture, so many other fractures and lacerations. I was in the, <clears throat> in the university teaching hospital for two months, lying just by my back. And I, I underwent some surgeries. And when I, when I got discharged from the hospital, I was still carrying a super pubic tube. And now when, you should listen, you're initiated? Okay. <clears throat> and then when I came, when I, when I, <laughs> because at that time, I was living in, in, his, in his apartment. Here is his room. I have, my room is adjacent to his. So I, and he said, if, yeah, and if he's sitting in the, if he sits, he's in the sitting room, I had to pass through the sitting room to go down to the temple hall. So then I was coming up from my room one morning, and I, I was just discharged from hospital carrying a super public tube. Then as I was coming out, he said, hey, Vasudev, what service did you do today? <laughs> I said, I was right in marriage. He said, oh, very good. I was carrying a superphobic tube. You know what superphobic tube is? When you undergo a superphobic surgery, you have a, you'll be carrying a tube until you got your healing done. So, but then, the point is, if we are not being guided, we think we can do the things today, the service today, and then tomorrow we don't do it because we have this problem and that problem. So we have to have proper consciousness. We should, first we should know, who are we doing this service for? For Krishna. And <clears throat> second point is that we should have a clear objective why we are doing this. We are doing this for our own purification. Not even for the pleasure of Krishna. We are doing, Krishna doesn't need our service. He has, you know, millions and millions of goddesses of fortune, Lakshmi's. So he doesn't need our service. If I need your service, then okay. But Krishna doesn't need, doesn't need your service. <laughs> if you are doing something to help yourself, I mean, know the purpose why you are doing it. You're doing it to help yourself. So if you have that consciousness, then it helps with the purification. When we are doing also the service, see, two pujaris go to the altar, they do the same thing. They don't get the same results. Do you know that? The same, the same service they do, they did. They, I mean, they did. They do the same service. They don't get the same results. Somebody might want to do the service as a show. I mean, I remember when I was a brahmachari, and when, there is, when it is a festival, you know, people come to meet us. I was a pujari and doing academic work also. And the people, when there's a festival, like Jan Master, you know, the people come to meet us, and then they say, oh, Vasudev, can I do your service for you? Can I do your or, or, or puja for you? But, you know, you can always do the puja on a non-festival day. What did you come to do the puja on a non-festival day? Because people are gathered. 
And so you want everybody to see that. Hey, look, I'm a pujari. I'm doing puj service for Krishna. You know, see how great I am. <laughs> I'm talking, this is called lived experience. I lived in New Jersey for a couple of years before I went to take Stingyan. So, I mean, I'm talking about what practically is happening. Now, when you have this type of mindset, you don't have expedited purification. It's, it's, it's common with some people that they even give donation and they don't want their names to be announced. Another person gives to come, comes to give a dime and he says, announce my name. <laughs> you, you understand the two situations? These are, these are all service, services, but we have different attitudes. So our attitude matters a lot in service. Okay? That's the point. Hello, Prabhupada. Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai.